0: all right. My voice is a little hoarse. I've spent the last couple of weeks up in the stands cheering for my kids as they've been going to their conference championships. And I was just at the Pac-12 championships where I lead the Go Bears chair before every race. So my voice is a little tired and strained and that's okay. It will heal, but it is a little husky. I've been noticing that. Not sick, just been saying Go Bears a lot. I'm going to talk today about wasting time. And before we get into that, I want to read this definition of wonder. And this is from Brené Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart. And I refer, my clients know they always see me pull out this red book because I refer to it as the encyclopedia or dictionary about the definitions and the explanations about emotions and so that we can have a better language around emotion and have more emotional granularity and really having an understanding. And so as I talk about today's show, my invitation for you is hopefully you can walk away feeling curious and filled with wonder. That's my invitation for you today. But the definition in Atlas on page 58, for those of you that have the book, says wonder inspires the wish to understand. I'm gonna say that again. Wonder inspires the wish to understand. Wonder fuels our passion for exploration and learning, for curiosity and adventure. And that's my invitation for you today is to walk away from the show with curiosity and wonder. And that's a great book for those of you that want to develop and cultivate emotional Language. The other book that's also fantastic that I need to put on my desk because it's somewhere else in my home, but it's the Permission to Feel book by Mark Brackett. He is a research psychologist and the founding director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, as well as a professor in Child Study Center at Yale University. And so he has a great book about emotions and for you to be able to develop an emotional language. And the great thing is with either of these books is you can go and think, how do I want to feel or how am I feeling and go and look it up and see what identifies. And maybe you land on a different word and you go, oh, or you land on a word and you realize the meaning is different. And then you can look through and say, okay, what is the definition that it's aligning how I feel? And that's how you start to connect with your own emotional intelligence. Okay. So I'm going to go back and read that definition again. Wonder inspires the wish to understand. Wonder fuels our passion for exploration and learning, for curiosity and adventure. And it's really important to have this curiosity and wonder as I go in and I talk about this idea of wasting time. So that's always an obstacle that my clients will have. They don't want to waste time. Or they ask me, Corinne, am I doing it the right way? Is this right? We they're trying to do it perfectly, right? And we know that perfection is the birthplace of shame, so we want to let go of perfect. It's not about doing it perfectly. It's about learning and falling down and getting back up and that has been consistent message even before I knew who Brene Brown was. This was back in two thousand and probably seven. It was really, really important to me to for people to understand that we all fall down and we get back up. so the thing is is that we don't know how things are going to turn out. We really don't know, right? Sometimes we like to evaluate at the beginning of the journey. Like we need to have this adamant, this is how it's going to be. It's going to be fantastic, right? We don't really know. Is it going to be fantastic? We don't know if our child's swim race is going to all work out. And more often than not, their careers don't end up in the live happily ever after, right? The way it does, like in a movie, like, oh, they overcame all this hardship and then that last race, it all came together and then they could retire off into the sunset, right? There's lots of ups and down And it's not a waste, but so often people want to evaluate and go, it's a waste. It's a waste to swim in college. It's a waste to do sports. People need to, you know, get on with their life. And I'm going to talk about that. So, we don't know how things are going to turn out. That's vulnerability, uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. We want to evaluate before we start the journey. We want to go, okay, is this the right thing? Is it the wrong thing? Can I do it perfectly? Am I wasting my time? But until we go into the journey, we're not going to know. We don't have the data. And we certainly can't evaluate in the middle of the journey because often this leads more to judgment, which is armor, and that gets in the way we're thinking like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. It's a waste of time. And what do you think the results are going to be when we have that kind of a mindset, that kind of an energy, right? We can only evaluate after the journey. And sometimes we need the space of a week, six months, a year, and even five years to be able to evaluate. There's some stuff that I'm in the middle of right now. And I just kept telling myself, I go, I don't have enough data. I'm collecting data. And in five years, I'll be able to see more clearly about this specific situation. And I give myself that space, which has taken me a long time to do because I used to think intelligence was being able to have the quick answer right away. But we all know I'm not Google, so I'm not going to have the quick answer. And there's still more data. And if I am making a decision right now, I'm actually going into judgment versus being curious and collecting data, being a compassionate scientists and collecting more and more data before I draw the conclusion, right? Being a critical thinker is a great skill set. Going into judgment where its armor and protecting myself or others is not, it gets in the way. So I'm going to share this story and I'm changing the name because I think it's really a great way to for us to understand about this whole idea of wasting time because this is something, again, that comes across and constantly in sessions with my clients as I support them and they go after their big goals, right? They have big goals, whether it's career career goals or they're building their business or trying to lead a team or build teams, right? They have these big goals and this concern of wasting time, doing it the right way, doing it perfectly, constantly come up. So about a year and a half ago, I was taking my younger daughter and some of her teammates to the Cal Berkeley swim meet at Berkeley. And it was the fall of 21, I believe. And so the previous year, we had, it was a COVID year. It was a really weird year. Like people weren't allowed to go to meets and stuff. So we're going down to this meet and I've been to this pool I'm 50 since, I don't know, like I was a teenager, right? I've grown up going and racing there. I've gone there as a coach and now I now go there as a parent. So I've been to this pool a lot, but I didn't know how it was going to go. So we got there early because the whole idea is you manage risk, right? Commit to the best case scenario, manage risk. And I had my daughter and three of her teammates and we went down. And so we got there early and we were standing outside and normally the doors are open and you can walk right in, but we are standing outside And as we're standing outside, we're the first people and we're in our masks and I see this gentleman that's there and I say, oh, you know, hi, you know, my name's Corinne Modokitis. I have a daughter on the team. Do you have a child on the team? And he says, no, actually, I don't. He said that he's an alum and he winds up, he really loves Berkeley and being an alum of Berkeley and he loved his experience. And now he gives back by being a mentor in the Camden Institute. And a lot of universities have these they, whether they call them an institute or different centers like an alumni center where alumni who are professionals will come back and make connections with their existing alumni. And he was mentoring one of the women swimmers on the team. And so we were talking, and he worked at a he works at a company named Genentech, which is a biotech company in the area. And I said, "Oh, well, this young woman here, Jenny, is this really smart like biosci major or some one of those majors at UC Davis." And she got armored up and she went, but I don't go to Berkeley. And I looked at her, I go, you go to UC Davis. It's a top STEM school in the country, especially for women. Your credentials are good enough for what he's looking for in terms of student athletes. And you're also a swimmer. So we meet, he gives her her card and he says, hey, contact me. So eventually we go inside. You know, the, the girls are like, my daughter's like, oh God, mom, why do you do this? You know, you're always talking to people and I'm trying to teach them, like mentor them, like this is important. How do we connect with other people? And we had like 45 minutes to kill outside the gate. They were already tired of talking with me. So I needed to kind of like branch out, right? So I was willing to be vulnerable and meet somebody who then gave his business card to this swimmer, Jenny. So as the meet goes on, we're sitting there and I said to her, I go, you know, and I think this may have been like the first time she's really met me, maybe the second time, but you know, she spent an hour in the car with me. She's now spent time sitting in the bleachers. We're outside. So it's been a few hours and I'm pretty intense. And so I follow up with her and I said, so are you going to contact him? She's like, oh, I, I, I don't know. Right. It's that whole, am I good enough? I'm an imposter. I don't go to Cal. I'm like, but you go to UC Davis, you're a really good student, you're a STEM major, you're smart, here's this connection, who knows? Like wonder and curiosity. We never know what's going to happen with this. She's like, I don't know. I said, you need to follow up with him on Tuesday. I think this was on a Friday, right? So I was like, Tuesday, follow up with him. The reason I said Tuesday is it's Friday, it's Friday afternoon. Nobody likes, well, I don't like Friday afternoon emails. Monday, we're walking into the work week, you know, and trying to unbury the email inbox. So Tuesday, I feel like is a good day. That's my little strategy. So I said, follow up with him in an email. You just never know. You never know. So fast forward, that was October of 2021. And she winds up connecting with him. He has a group of student athletes that he mentors in this group and their science majors. And, you know, he's got connections and he's mentoring them. And he invites her to be a part of it, even though she's not a Cal Bear. She's a UC Davis Aggie. And on his tagline and his email header, this is what I've been told. I've never seen it, but he says, go Bears. And then when she became part of that group, it said, go Axe. So you never know what opportunity may be there. Now, here's the beautiful thing about the story is Remember, she's really, really smart. She does really well in school. She's not a big fan of school. She actually doesn't like it. And this became a really life-changing event. I had no idea. You know, I I did the introduction. I knew she followed up because then I heard about it through my daughter. And here's the crazy thing. So he is there not only as a mentor, but then what started to happen is he has this really nice camera and he started taking pictures of the athletes. I don't know how long this had been going on, but it was prior to, you know, that season. And he looks up at the scoreboard and he goes, Modokitis, because my daughter's name, right, is up on the scoreboard when she races and stuff. And he says to this athlete, Jenny he goes, when she follows up with him, he said, Modokitis, my cousin is motochitis and she's married to such and such, which happens to be my husband's younger brother. And his cousin is my husband's sister-in-law. I guess she's my sister-in-law as well right? So this is when you have a name like Vodokitis and you're in the swimming world, this actually happens more frequently than not. So we started calling him Cousin Andrew. He's our Cousin Andrew. We didn't know the synchronicity of life, right? You never know. You never know. And that's why if we can walk through life with curiosity and wonder, instead of having armor or instead of hiding away because we don't think we are enough or that we're smart enough or that we go to the right school, that we may miss out on these opportunities. And so because there was some support, there was some some fierce nudging with her, right, to reach out to him. And then she became a part of this. So fast forward a year later, I'm at a meet. This time, my Berkeley daughter is with me and we're at a meet for UC Davis. And I'm sitting in the stands and this athlete's dad, Jenny, comes up to me and says, I just need to thank you so much. That was a life-changing moment for my daughter. That was a a huge pivotal moment. You know, she's never liked school. Again, she's a really, really good student. Sometimes we think if you're a really good student, you must like school. She just doesn't like school. But that really got her hooked more. And he was just so appreciative. And she was so grateful. And she was part of this mentor group and was engaged. And then she also, because Cousin Andrew was at first a little like, wait, you don't like school? And he's like, what's that about? And then she had to kind of explain it to him. And the fact that she was a really good student, right? It was something that he was able to overcome. I think some of her not liking schools, this pressure of doing it perfectly, right? Not making mistakes, having to be spectacular all the time, instead of realizing like, you're pretty badass. You're a division one student athlete. In one of the top STEM programs for women in the country, right at a really solid science school, and instead of looking at yourself that way, thinking like, "Oh, I'm still not enough," I think that's my hunch. I'll have to talk to her about that. So you just never know. And what's happened is, is that now she's finished her season. She's she's going to be graduating. I wish she'd stay and do a COVID year and be a teammate for my with my daughter for my younger daughter for one more year, but she's going to move on because she really wants to get a job. And, and he's been mentoring her through this process as she's been applying and interviewing, right? What a tremendous experience this has been for her. And it all happened because she said yes to going to watch a swimming that my older daughter was swimming in that, you know, wasn't too far away and that she was willing to be uncomfortable and go in a car with me and a few other teammates. And then she was not comfortable outside speaker pool. (laughs) She was not comfortable. And my daughter was like, probably so embarrassed, right? Like, oh no, there goes my mom. But it's become a great story. And the other part of this, you never know, is I often hear parents, so let's back up. When kids are doing sports, right? And I've had, you know, I've talked to lots, thousands of parents over the decades that I've been involved in sports and youth sports in college collegiate athletics is I'll have parents say to me, you know, I had this one family, son was nine. And the dad said, you know, he really wants to, he's got to stop swimming because he wants to be a baseball player. Well, it's kind of cool because he's in the major leagues. He's at spring training right now. I just saw his mom last week, but you never knew, like, we didn't know what was going to happen. And It was an up and down road and he got pulled up last spring, I think, or maybe it was in the fall. I guess in the fall he got pulled up. But we never know what's going to happen, right? And oftentimes these parents will start to armor up. And at first when their kids are little, it's like, oh, I I want my kid to be a division one athlete, or I want them to do sports in college. And when I ask why, I think the idea is it's the fairy tale dream of if they're successful there, then it's all going to be great. And I'm going to do a podcast about living the dream in a future episode. So stay tuned for that. But they think it's going to be great. But then when it starts to get hard and vulnerable, like around the ages 13, 14, and, you know, there's injuries, there's obstacles, maybe your kids plateaued for a bit. Notice I said plateaued for a bit. Then these challenges become difficult to overcome, and people stop wondering. They lose hope, which is a cognitive function of falling down and getting back up. And they go into judgment and say, Oh, it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of time. You can't make any money in swimming. And you're absolutely right. I would never recommend anyone to try to become a pro athlete in swimming because it's not something where you can be financially set for the rest of your life like in some other sports. And in fact, when I used to give talks about youth sports, one of the things I would say is, if you're trying to get a college scholarship, it's better to have your kids not do sports and save the money you were going to spend in sports, and put it away in a 529 account for college, right? Because even the scholarship aspect, people find very disappointing when they get down that lane. And it depends on the sport, because everybody has different scholarship amounts, and it depends on the level and and all that. There's a lot of factors. So parents often will say to armor up, it's a waste of time. Notice that judgment. It's a waste of time. They need to move on with their life. And I get it. Not everybody can swim. There was a point when I was a senior in college and I was a division two athlete at a non-scholarship school. And I'd been putting myself through school since my sophomore year, which meant financial aid and student loans. And I worked a few jobs, but I had to make a decision and retire. I was done collegially and retire because I needed to spend that time working, because I was paying for myself and living, you know, taking financially, supporting myself, and I didn't have the extra funds or the privilege to be able to continue training, right? So I get that. Not everybody gets that privilege to do that. And for those that do, it's really fantastic to be able to do that. And having the wonder and the curiosity not the transactional mindset, if I do this, will I meet a cousin Andrew? That's what I'm talking about. But if you go do this, and if you keep showing up in your life, and you say yes, and you're open, and maybe you have some supportive people around you who are willing to kind of nudge you along or help pick you back up, right? It's always important that we have a team of people. You never know what that may transpire to. Had this athlete, Jenny, not been a swimmer and gone to school to study, she wouldn't have been at that meet. She wouldn't have met Cousin Andrew. She wouldn't have had this mentor. She may have had other opportunities. The other side is she may not have stayed in school. I did an interview. We'll put the link in the show notes with Garrett Lowe years ago about mentors. And he was somebody who went to the Air Force Academy and then he was a fighter pilot for the Air Force, and he'd won the Air Force's version of their Top Gun. And one of the things, and he swam for my husband, but one of the things he talked about is, thank goodness, he played water polo and he swam in college because that helped him stay eligible because he didn't want to let his teammates down and it helped him graduate. And then he was able to get into flight school, right? He has a really long story that people on the outside, it's like, oh, he won the Air Force's version of Top Gun, but talk about ups and downs. Talk about disappointments and heartaches along with really high goals. This, my friends, is what high performance really looks like, right? We think it's, oh, they get through this and then ta da, it's wonderful life forever and ever. No, there's always challenges. So if you're starting to think, is this a waste of time? One is we need to commit to the best case scenario and we need to manage risk right? I'm not saying going into debt, like I had to stop. Well, I didn't have to stop, but I made a deliberate decision because of my fiscal responsibility and the choices and my belief of I didn't want to live on credit cards to continue swimming. I didn't have a support system in place. And so I transitioned from being an athlete and into work. You know, once I was done my senior year, I swam for a few more months after NC NCAAs and then wound up retiring. And it was hard because that was my identity for so long. So, but I'm talking about managing risk and committing to the best case scenario. And then within there, go after life with wonder and curiosity, letting go of what is this going to do for me, right? So often my clients are trying to, as they're evaluating opportunities or things that they want to do, they want to know like, which way is the right path? We don't know. This athlete, Jenny, didn't know that coming to UC Davis You know, eventually she would meet my daughters, become friends with them, and then eventually my daughter would be going to Cal Berkeley and swimming there, and that she would want to go to swimming and support her. That wasn't on her path, but then it became very transformational in her own life during college if she met somebody. This has happened to me walking into classes, right? I remember I, as a sophomore, was looking for classes, and I don't even know how I found this, but there's a drugs and society class And it was just a two-unit, probably pass, no pass class. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I've got a little space in my schedule. I'll go take that. And I had a lifelong mentor, John Porter, that taught that class. And he opened my eyes about, you know, like my family of origin stuff, the alcoholism I grew up with, right? Alcohol, I'd learned so much. And then I got involved in his, the campus peer counseling program. And then getting involved there, he asked myself and one of the tennis players who was a national champ to start a peer counseling program for athletes. I mean, that was way back in the day. And how cool is it? Like I'm not a counselor. I'm a, I'm a coach, right? I'm a life coach. I'm a leadership coach, but these are the things that I've always been interested in. It was not, you know, I didn't go, Oh, I'm going to go to this class. I'm going to strategically network with John and then he's going to have me create these positions. And there were other things that that path led to that were a huge part of my journey and who I became and my own learnings. So you never know what something may lead to. Another class that happened was, I was supposed to be done after my my fifth year. I was gonna I had like a quarter left, nine units. And then I got this job. I was this, the second highest student position on campus where I was the student assistant to the athletic director. So there's the student assistant to the chancellor. And then I was the student assistant to the athletic director. And I got this really well-paying job, but I had to be in school. So I was done after the fall, but I had to extend a bit. And I remember that winter quarter going, what do I take? And I kid you not, I was, as I was going through, I've always been resourceful. It's going, racking my brain about what do I take? Cause I'd pretty much taken everything. My captain, my sophomore year in the locker room said, there are two classes you must take before you graduate. It was econ 141 and econ 142. I go to NAG school. 141 was personal finance, 142 was real estate investments. That personal finance class changed my life. It changed my relationship with money. It changed my identity with money. And again, I had another lifelong mentor until he passed away a few years ago, which he really wasn't allowed to pass away. I'm, I'm still a little upset about that. And I'm not, I'm not really joking. I'm like really still upset about that. But so here I was, you know, and I had these two mentors that I kind of stumbled in because I walked in with curiosity and wonder. There was a little bit of information that led me to go into that window of possibility and learn. There was a lot of resistance, there was a lot of shame, whether it was with money or with alcohol, of having to move through. But those two classes were pivotal in my experience of who I became and allowing to need the foundation I created. So my point with all of this is that instead of thinking, is this going to be wasted? Look at what can you learn from this? What is the key learning? Sometimes you may know afterwards, immediately afterwards. Sometimes you may not know for a week or a month, six months, a year, five years, and that's okay. Sometimes I sit here and I go, oh, I get it. Right, I get it. I didn't understand sometimes how fortunate I was. And then later on to be able to have these people in my lives who I could call, you know, and I did. I leaned on them so many times in my life, even recently. So going back to this idea about swimming, often people will say, oh, it's a waste of time or you shouldn't do that. You need to go get a job. And one of the reasons that I I support my kids in swimming and being collegiate swimmers, it's about who they become in the process of their career, right? It's their hardships to overcome. There's a lot of courage to being an athlete and going out there and pursuing your dreams and practicing that muscle and growing that muscle, right? It's about how you show up when things go well and you succeed Because sometimes, frankly, people become assholes when things go well and they succeed, right? But more importantly, it's about how you show up when things go poorly. And there are many obstacles that can get in the way. I had a client who was recently golfing and he's been golfing really well in the last like four or six months. And then day one, he was pretty good. Day two, it was a horrible day. And he started getting angry and all these old behaviors were coming back up in his mind. And you know, and he started just doing some mindset work while he was playing golf. And he was like, look, it's just golf. It's all okay. Letting go of wanting to have that success and wanting to grip it. And then when he was done, he shared with me, he goes, Corinne, my score actually wasn't all that bad. And then the next day he came back and he played really well, but he shifted his mindset. That day two of Not playing well and the anger and stuff was such a great lesson that we've been working on and working on about how anger can get in the way and sabotage deals. And it happened to be on a golf course that he learned it, right? I've done a lot of coaching, but he was able to connect that and see that. And so that's why things aren't a waste of time. I'm not saying rationalize and don't go to work or don't do your schoolwork. That's not what I'm saying. But as we go through this life that is a classroom, look for key learnings. And remember how you show up when things go poorly and many obstacles, that is such an important process about who you become. So my invitation for you is to let go of judging, let go of perfection. Yes, we need to manage risk, commit to the best case scenario and manage risk. Each of us have different risk capacities and it's important to manage it. What my kids need to manage is very different than what I had to manage when I was their age. And yes, time is our most valuable resource. And there is always something to learn. There's insight about ourselves, about the situation, about the process, about other people. There's so much to learn, and you never know when the key learning can be instrumental in the future. I have many clients who reference back to a time in their life when things looked like they were falling apart, and how later the key learnings helped them navigate when the stakes and rewards were even higher. And so it's really important that we go in with wonder and curiosity what can we learn? A few years ago, I had a client, she was a new client. And she created this product and she did put all this work into it. And she was worried, is this a waste of my time? And she wound up selling it. And then by going through that process, she actually developed a better product that she was like, oh my God, that wasn't so great. But this other product is so much better. And she had no idea. And she sold that. So just recently I asked her to go and pull up her numbers of how much she's made from these products right? We're talking six figure lands. One was like, you know, five figures. And then the other one was almost six figures just in itself. But she needed to go through that product. That wasn't great to be able to develop that other product. You just never know. Wonder and curiosity, manage risk and commit to the best case scenario. I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR, and then I don't have to worry of oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it gonna be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting, never been so wide awake.